Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left, we have my co-host, Spencer. We are talking about Spider-Man 3, No Way Home. Yeah. We made it. We made it. We made it. It seems like it's been forever, but we made it. We are finally here. This is the movie that so many of us have been waiting for. Um all the talk, all the speculation, all the buildup. By the time you hear this, we will probably either be en route to the theater, having seen it already, or have filmed the review already. Yeah, uh, It's super exciting. If you um, want to listen to this podcast, we will not be discussing any spoilers. Um, no, no anything other than our thoughts going into it and our excitement levels and just what we kind of expect based on our, our previous knowledge of things. So if you're, you know, on super high alert for anything that may mess you with your uh, movie going experience, we are not in the business of messing with that. No. We ourselves no. avoid all things Marvel when a Marvel movie's coming out that might be very spoiler heavy. Yeah. So this one is definitely kind of part of that trend. Um yeah, social media right now is just completely shut down for me. Like I'm not even we're not it's even too much. Looking, not at all. So I'm if not anybody taking any chances. Even like hints or jokes, you're out. Yep. <laughs> yep. You've been literally off my friends list for the moment. Yeah. We we have a mutual friend and Anthony? We're, we're, yeah. And and yeah, yeah, I didn't even I was like, nope. You're I was blocked. trying to unfollow him too. <laughs> like I wasn't gonna unfriend, but I wanted to unfollow his post or whatever, but I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. But we're all we're gonna see it. So soon that it's good. I, I'll be at work tomorrow, and then we got to go, and we're good. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just staying off literally everything tomorrow. Once I post this, I'm off off Facebook and everything. Mm-hmm. So super excited. Um, we Just to make sure that we could put together the best preview for you guys, we did watch um, the first two Spider-Men because that seems to be the, the biggest villains uh, in the um, – or the biggest villains that we already know that are going to be in this movie, uh, along with Electro, and we went back and watched uh, snippets of Electro. So um, we are fresh off of some old Spider-Man stuff, pretty geeked, a lot of fun. Those first two movies were a big part of our childhood. Massive. And part, um, the third one, we, we touched on Sandman, we touched on the Lizard, uh, we touched on Electro, and then we watched the first two in completion. So we are kind of ready. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. nothing left to do but watch this new this new movie now. Yeah, I mean, I'm is... I'm so excited. the The idea of like eleven year old, you know, one of us or something when that third Spider Man movie is coming out, mm-hmm. to have a almost twenty years later payoff of all these storylines coming into one big completion. You can't you can't ask for anything better than that. Yeah, this is a. This is incredible, man. Like, this is such a huge, huge movie. Um, man, like, the but the anticipation, I will say, it, it's made me nervous. It made me very nervous. Um, and I really had to level expectations. And then I think when we saw one of those trailers along the way, my expectations just, like, went downward after that. 
not that I think this movie is going to be crap or anything like that. I think this movie is going to be amazing. But I don't I personally I don't think it's going to be what we expect it to be. I think it's going to be something different, but that's fine too. Yeah. Well, when the trailer came out um and it revealed the the strange spell, the Doctor Strange spell, mm-hmm. um it was quite obvious that this was going in a different way than anybody expected. So Yeah. Um, that's good. They're keeping us on our toes and they often don't reveal too much in the trailers anyway. So we might only know really the first like hour to hour and 20 minutes of the movie and it's going to be, um, almost a three hour film. So, uh, it's exciting. Um, yeah, there's so much speculation about what's, what's possible and what may happen and what actors may be in it and who's what and who's where and what's what. It's just, it's really pretty incredible. Um, we would love to hear what your thoughts are as far as predictions for the movie. And uh, under this uh, post on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, if you could leave in the comments what you guys are expecting. And um, obviously, we, we want to stay spoiler free. So if you have seen it, um, don't be afraid to give your thoughts on the movie. But um, yeah, keep obviously, keep everything to yourself as we will for the fans for quite a while. Um, we will make it very obvious when there's a spoiler review. We'll let you guys know so you don't get caught up in it. But uh, yeah, it's we would love to hear your thoughts about it because this is this is ultimately a discussion-based uh, film because you can't make this movie and not have people just talk about it 24-7 because mm. of how it's put together. Um, we have a lot of heroes and anti-heroes possible in this one. Yeah. The, the biggest thing that we've talked about previously on this podcast of what is needed in the Spider-Man franchise is uh, real-life danger Mm -hmm. for Tom Holland's Spider-Man character and growth within his own world without the help of somebody else. Yeah. So is that something we're going to see, do you think, uh, in a way that kind of satisfies us? Where, Where are you at with that? I'm so hopeful that we do. Um, because yeah, it's been, I'm just going to say it, man. These, these two Spider-Man movies that we've had so far with Tom Holland have actually been really bad as far as like Spider-Man character goes. Uh, especially when you compare them to the previous two in their own respective, like we only had two with Andrew Garfield and granted they weren't great, but the emotional range and stuff like that and, and just the sheer amount of death that we were exposed to through that character from Andrew Garfield surpasses anything that we've had with Tom Holland so far. And let's not forget, man, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is the GOAT. Like, and it's the GOAT for a reason. Like, when we were watching Spider-Man 1, what was it, like five or six times that he was almost, like, killed or incapacitated? Yeah, he was getting like, beat up over and over. Yeah, and that's not to mention like the stuff that was going on with his his Aunt May and and, and MJ and just Uncle this ben. Uncle Ben. Like, dude, the sheer amount of stuff that he was going through in those first two movies. My gosh, man. Like it just it makes me feel robbed. Cause like I'm one of those people that's like, you know, the Tom Holland Spider Man is good. Like he's no doubt really good at being Spider Man. It's just that these two movies that we've had just seem like extensions of the Tony Stark storyline, you know, like that's, so they don't even really feel like Spider-Man movies. And 
So this third Spider-Man movie, this one, No Way Home, he has to face some sort of impending danger. And the problem with this is that Doctor Strange is in it. So it's almost already setting you up for he's not going to go it alone. You know, he's got to, you know, he's got to have help from Doctor Strange. He's got to potentially have help from Doc Ock, which we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, it's just uh, he's got to face some incredibly tough circumstances, I think, in this movie for me to really feel something from this character. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, you know I agree. I it's I brought it up a while ago that I I like the Spider-Man movies a lot and I actually think overall they're quite good and um the one thing that keeps holding me back from falling for his movies is the actual Spider-Man character that I don't feel emotional ties to him because I just don't I've never been worried about him, um, and I've never really been worried about any of his friends or anything like that. And even when, like, you know, the world is snapped, like all of his friends survived the snap, and it's just like everything always seems to go his way um, up until the end of the final movie that we saw. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed as he, he's Spider-Man. Now, okay, that's a real, that's a real danger. Now everybody knows he's Spider-Man. Yeah. And now Doctor Strange is going to reverse it with a spell, and it's like. Yeah. Every time he gets in trouble, somebody else saves him. Exactly. So it's not to be down on, on Tom because it's it's a good movie. It's good role. The Spider-Man is entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were talking about amongst ourselves earlier, uh, he walked into a party that was already being thrown. Yeah. Um, this Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, there was undoubtedly a better storytelling experience it was his franchise. It was his role. It was his story. And he didn't they didn't have to weave in anything else. So with this Tom Holland um Spider-Man, he's lucky that he has the Marvel machine behind him and that he has at minimum four Spider-Man centric movies left. So hopefully, like you said, we're gonna get some real spider danger in this one. And we can maybe even work backwards. Um, when we get into the next ones, but this movie's big. I mean, it, this it's not going to affect how much people like Spider-Man. He's probably the most beloved character out of everybody in the Avengers uh, yeah. franchise at this point because, well, one, he's Spider-Man. Two, he's Tom Holland, and people love Tom Holland. Yeah, um, he's a likable so, guy. Yeah. yeah, and it won't it won't affect the the no. general popularity. But I think it would just really really help if they gave us a reason to really care about him and his character mm-hmm. beyond him and Tony had this personal relationship. You right, know? which they really kind of didn't, to be honest. They had a personal relationship, and like it was obviously Tony seeing the picture of Peter that really made him want to uh, try to figure out time travel and stuff like that. And, you know, but it was like, man, like, did they really have like this immensely close relationship? Like it seems like at times they did. And obviously Tony was kind of trying to protect him. So like he felt something for him, but it was like, Tony doesn't have that kind of relationship with anybody. He didn't even really have it with pepper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like she almost was like, this sucks, but 
Right. I knew this was coming one day. So close your eyes. I'll be okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then happy. His relationship with happy was kind of, you know, <laughs> odd at times, but you know, everybody so. was on his payroll, you know? Yeah. It's weird. So he, I don't know, man. And it, he sheltered his feelings a lot. True. But with this, uh, and it, and it's like you said, man, like Tom Holland, he's, he's really good at Spider-Man. Like he really is. Yeah. It's just, I hope he plays him forever. Yeah, it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like the writing just hasn't been favorable to him, to me. Um, it just hasn't been there for me. And uh, it was very evident when we went back and rewatched, because I always knew that like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and even the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, like they were amazing compared to this. But going back and rewatching this stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, it'll be nice to see him in some real danger, which is also why, and I'm just going to get right into this, uh, it's also why I don't think we'll see Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire in this movie, because that only benefits Tom Holland as Spider-Man, if they're not. Like, I understand the whole premise of, well, if you're bringing in the villains, you got to bring in the heroes too, but, like, it would just seem more, like, cheap for the Tom Holland character because he'd have the cop out of having Dr. Strange helping him. He'd have the cop out of having the two other Spider-Men kind of fighting his own battles. But at the end of the day, it was him that asked for the spell. The spell went awry and now all of this has happened. So I, I see it as he's got to fight this battle and he's already going to have Dr. Strange in his corner. So it's already like, maybe, 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 Strange could be villainy in this movie too. It's could be the way he's being, uh, not predicted, not projected. Uh, well, what am I? What I know, am I, I know what you mean. In the trailer, he Portrayed. looks very uh, bad guy. Yeah, I mean he's fighting the wink. Well, not not that he's he's wearing all black. He's he's fighting Tom. Yeah, um, on the train, and it could be in a in a like a I can't let you do this way, but it, it could be just strange you know, woke up on the wrong side of the bed and he's not having a good day. Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, I do think that we're going to see cameos. Um, Me too. I don't think... Oh, you do? I, I think we'll see certain cameos, but I don't well, I'm think... I'm talking we'll about see... Toby and, oh. and Andrew. Oh. Uh, so I'm, I'm on the Toby and Andrew up here in this movie, but they don't uh, affect the ultimate outcome. I think they'll just be in it. Um, so in that sense, it wouldn't take away from what you were saying um, with Tom needing to fight his own battles. I don't think they're going to have them putting out fires for him necessarily, unless it's to get to the ultimate challenge, mm-hmm. um, which in which whatever, that's fine with me. As long as Tom is, is facing the final showdown um, by himself, I'm all good. If he needs help along the way, it's whatever, because he might be overwhelmed if if Doc Ock, look, pretty much everybody by the end of their time on screen that we've seen uh, of these villains, somewhat had a change of heart. And so as we were talking, when are they pulled from their reality? I right. think I remember Kevin Feige saying that Doc Ock was pulled out of the river, basically. Oh. Um, I, I think I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure that it's very close to their deaths. Um, so with that being said, are they going to be, it's like, if you throw an animal into an environment they've never seen before, are they just going to be aggressive because like they're confused and they don't 
they don't know what's going on. Um, will be will they be empathetic to the Peter Parker character? They're all pretty much um, either really smart or scientists or something. Or are they going to be very curious about the technology and um, once again find themselves in a, a bad situation because they bit off more than they can chew with future tech? I'm not sure yet, but I am fascinated to see what kind of uh, lanes these these villains once you know once thought of as villains find themselves in, whether it is on the good end or the bad end. What I'm curious about too, now that you've brought that up, is when we last saw Doc Ock, he was actually on that good side. He was actually sacrificing himself. Yeah. yeah, he was actually sacrificing himself for the better, the greater good. And it was because of the conversation he has with Peter. So you could honestly say that maybe he's actually a hero coming into this film, you know, and like maybe the hey, hello, Peter, yeah. like line is like, oh, I see you need some help because he's fighting somebody else or something along that line. So I could absolutely see Doctor Strange turning bad. Yeah. Which would be horrible for Spider-Man because oh. that is a villain you don't want to have. You do not want to. Yeah, um, absolutely. And not. then Doc Ock basically saying, you know what? I screwed up once. I'm not going to screw up anymore. And him kind of fighting alongside Peter. And again, like I said before, like there's a potential lot of villains. Like yes. there's a potentially way too much for one guy to take on no matter who you are. Um, so it just depends. Like we, it's really hard to make any assumptions because there's so many variables at play here. Well, Let's let's break down this a little bit closer because sure. there's a few things I want to point out from the trailer that actually go towards that direction that you're thinking. Go for it. So, yeah, Doctor Strange is definitely portrayed as like a villainous character in the trailers because mm-hmm. there's certain points where you're like, what is that? Yeah. Like he's trying to like Spider-Man's trying to reach for that box and Spider-Man stuff. like does, puts him in the astral plane. It's like, okay, like he wouldn't just normally do that, you know. So there's got to be reasons for this. Yeah. Another thing to take into consideration is maybe the spell doesn't go awry. Maybe this is just timeline synced to Kang and all of that other stuff, and that's what causes all of this, and that there's some kind of rift that's open because this happens at the same time he's trying to do a spell. So, like, the two things combined, like, just make this, like, explosion of sorts. And the villain's thing is... What if we're getting like multiple iterations of the same person? Because I think in in one of the stills from the trailer, one of the arms from Doc Ock kind of looks like Stark Tech, actually. And so there's a potential maybe that there's like two. You know, like maybe there's like a villainous one. Maybe there's one that's actually trying to help Peter. and He's got to decipher which one is which. Or, you know, there also or the good like, guy Doc Ock could potentially ingratiate himself very early with the good guys and then they offer their stark tech to him too with yeah what you were kind of saying right and then there also appeared to be two green goblins because there there's one that's kind of like unmasked that does not look like we Willem know franco's not back so yeah no not at all but it, it just kind of looks a little weird and maybe they just did that in post during for the trailer so that they wouldn't spoil anything but it was like mm. I think that trailer was heavily edited. Yeah, I do, I do too. I do <laughs> I'm too. not sure Everything. which way. I have genuinely yeah. no real thoughts about that. Well, and it, it gets a little bit too potentially spoilery for me to like delve yeah. deep into Google. Right. So you know, I, I stay away from it. 
And there's also that little like scene what people have pointed out a billion times of like the lizard being punched by something that's invisible. Yeah, and I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. It's a trailer, and it could be a, something major. But yeah, for I sure. I just never know, man. I can't read too deep into it. No, because the more you do, the more spoilery it gets, for sure. But um, I mean, almost every Marvel trailer, there's a scene that doesn't even exist. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sometimes the coolest one, like the, yeah. the uh, Infinity War one. Right. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of potential for things that could happen here because it is the multiverse, and we're actually getting into this. So, yeah, there could be two different variations of these different people. Because, to me, it appeared that, like, Green Goblin was also kind of... I mean, he obviously lost his mind. So, he wasn't the same person. Yeah, there's there two sides of him. Yeah. And, obviously, that angry side was definitely, like, overdoing any kind of good that was there. But when he died... There was like this semblance of like he felt remorse in a way. Like it was kind of come across in a weird way because he's just like, don't tell Harry. You know, yeah. like that was the line. But it was like he instantly was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? So there's like so many different layers to this because as we saw with like the Sandman as well, like Electro seems to be like the only villain yeah, that, that, went down that went down swinging. Right. So, and and he also appears to be the one that's kind of like leading this group. And changed the most. <laughs> yeah, and changed the most. Because he has a totally different outfit. So, it's very possible that like Electro is basically like a sort of big bad. And that the yeah. rest of them are just kind of going along. Like it's kind of like, it's basically a Sinister Six situation where like one is like a leader. This brings up more questions. Right. So... Yeah, this man, this is going to be crazy, and I'm 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 glad that it's going to be a longer movie because there's a lot yeah. that they have to. Touch <laughs> there's no on. way to do this thing in two hours no. and ten minutes or something. They've got to touch on a lot of topics here too, and I think one of those things that we're going to see early on, I'm gonna I'm gonna if I could put money on it, I would. I would say that in the first like thirty minutes, you're basically only going to see all of the bad things that came along with everyone knowing who Peter Parker really is, knowing that he's Spider-Man and how that affects Ned, how that affects MJ, how that affects their relationships together. Because like they have to, you have to, yeah, you have to think about this, man. Like if Peter Parker, if everybody knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man and you're Ned, you're his best friend, you're also going to get some kickback too. MJ would also get kickback. And it's like, their relationship will now become kind of frayed, you'd at least think. So, and then there's also... Until they get zapped. Yeah. And then there's also these uh, these shots that we see with him in a court case and stuff like that. And, like, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. So I think that that's probably going to be, like, the first 30 minutes to 45 minutes, possibly, of this movie, which leads into where he interacts with Doctor Strange and stuff like that and... So I would kind of hope so just because we finally the big reveal at the end of Spider-Man 2 was everybody knows who he is now. Yeah. And if it's like the second scene and he goes to Doctor Strange and they change it back, it's like, well, that seems kind of cheap because it it just just happened. We were so surprised and we were hanging on that for three years. Almost almost three years. years. Yeah. Um, Just for it to be undone immediately. That seems a little twisted. Um, 
but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's going to be usually like five acts in a movie this long. So mm-hmm. we will see how that goes. Um, I just, this is one of those movies where kind of like Endgame, you don't know anything about it until you see the first scene. Yeah. That first scene is going to give you a really big idea of like, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's so exciting is you unless you're looking up like cast pictures and set pictures you're walking into this blind um and it's so hard to know what the heck is about to happen in this movie and i'm just i really hope it's a home run because they have such a a cool opportunity here i'm really happy that they took this chance getting willem dafoe and alfred molina and jamie fox and all these guys back into the fold it's really such kind of an a a nod to the previous filmmakers and the previous spider-man and sony itself as like hey i know not everything ended up working out for all these things but the greater purpose is now it's here like we're going to pay this off Mm -hmm. um in our in our way and that's just a beautiful thing so i'm i'm really excited for that in general and they had like a villains panel with the the big three bad guys um for, from previous movies that i didn't was cool. watch it no i didn't watch it either but <laughs> i saw who was on it yeah which is why i know probably the lizard won't have as big of a role as those three um and the sandman of course as well um they seem like bodies like when we were talking about hawkeye like who's fighting Who, who's gonna right, fight right right they seem like bodies that'll be fighting mm-hmm. although the sandman story how cool was that at the end that, that was, was awesome emotional yeah. i forgot um, about that and the lizard you know they all have their own reasons for for going a little wild mm-hmm. and the payoffs within their own movies were quite good but now we get uh the the down the road payoff so it's it's just uh I can't wait to watch this thing. Me, me too, I, like, I, I want to like fast forward. I'm time. trying to think of a non-Avengers movie that I've looked forward to more than this, and I don't think there is one. So this is this is the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to see it. Um, so you're you're on the non-Toby Andrew side. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would assume that makes you Kirsten Dunst and Emma Stone out of it, out of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um. Do will we see any of our Avengers friends? Do you think? Ooh, man, I don't know. Other than Doctor Strange and uh, Wong, I don't. No Wanda. No Wanda. I do think we'll see Matt Murdock. Right. And I, I think that's definitely coming. I think we'll get a mention of Kingpin. Mm-hmm. But I think that's about it. I don't think we get anybody else. It's not least. a lot of screen time left. No. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. Um, out, coming out of this movie, we've been told we're going to get three more Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. So this is a really hard question. Okay. But I'm going to give it to you just in case you do have an I- idea. If you don't, feel free to tell me you don't. Okay. Where are we going after this as far as Spider-Man? Do you have an idea of maybe, you know, this feels like a bigger story than just Spider-Man because there's so much going on. But yeah. What is next for our webbed warrior after this film? Uh, I would say immediately there's two things that come to mind. I would say Sony's going to look at this and they're going to say, how can we do better next time? 
uh, as anybody that knows anything about like business would do, you know, because I mean, dude, there's so much hype around this. You got to be able to capitalize on it for the next movie. I would say the next movie, and, and I would say this as well, if you're listening to this before you go to the theater, this is just me, my opinion. I would say don't go into this expecting to see Tom Hardy Venom because I think they're going to save that for the next movie because it just makes sense. Like that's such a huge crossover event. How are you going to squeeze that in when you've got the lizard, Sandman, Electro, Green Goblin, uh, Doc Ock, potentially Vulture? How are you going to squeeze Venom in? It just seems like a throwaway because if he, if you, if you squeeze him in, he's going to have like maybe 20 minutes of screen time and that's not enough for Venom. So I would say that the next Spider-Man movie would probably be Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I would 100% almost bank on them doing Craven the Hunter at some point. Because once again, he's got to face something that is immensely powerful. Like There's got to be death at stake, and there's not a better storyline to go off of than that. Uh, and it would be on the heels of a fight with Venom. That just makes sense because you're getting into like symbiote Spider-Man stuff at that point. So it just makes sense to do it that way. Um, so yeah, I think that that would probably be like the first two movies maybe after this movie. Uh, and then there'd be like one after. And I think that that one after, I don't know, man, that could be, you could have something maybe with Morbius depending on how well it goes and blade at that point. I don't know. Uh, I wonder if we get a Sinister Six named film. That would be at cool. Some point. That would be really cool. They're all still kind of around. Yeah. Um. And I wonder where we're left off with these villains from this movie. I would. I would assume they're going to retire those. Um, at the very least, Doc Ock and and Green Goblin. Yeah. Um. I know Jamie's pretty young, so maybe he would want to try to keep going if they i'm sure he's asking them to keep going yeah (laughs) he doesn't want to miss out on marvel paychecks but i mean there's potential man you could have uh uh, what i think would be kind of cool if they did it this way too is if that sixth movie that last movie is literally the sinister six yeah like and you have maybe you do bring in those other spider-men maybe you bring in miles morales at that point and set course for that uh that could be, oh man, that could be huge. Uh, but I think that these are things that they're already thinking about because you can't just, you can't just bank on this being the hit and the, like this movie carrying you, because you have to be thinking about the next thing. So, uh, I think that their wheels are already spinning on what to do next. Yeah. Uh, but I would definitely say that they're gonna save that Venom thing for its own movie because it deserves it and you can't tell that story in 20 minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. So watching the first two Spider-Man movie, uh, movies mm. with the, the Tobey Maguire franchise, um, we, we talked a lot and we, we brought it up in this, in this podcast so far, but kind of getting into the nitty gritty of what we learned from these films, it, it really is quite obvious that there's, a little bit of a a feeling that's missing yeah. from this Spider-Man franchise so far. Um, a theme, a driving, underlying force, the other than 
you know, I'm just a, a kid that is really smart and idolized, you know, certain things and it, it something's missing. Like the, these movies, heart. these Tobey Maguire movies were so contagious. You yeah. just scene by scene, you're like, oh, this all blends together. It yeah. makes sense. There's real emotion flowing through everything. Yeah. But that's the thing is that there's emotion and this, the, the Tobey Maguire movies had heart. These Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are very like robotic in nature. Yeah. Because he's literally just doing stuff because he thinks he can. And because he has Tony Stark to help bail him out. Or he has Nick Fury to help bail him out. Uh, right. So it's like it, there, there's no there's no real driving force within that Peter Parker. You know, you don't, you don't yeah. really get that until the very end of the second movie when he actually does defeat, uh, what's his name? The Mysterio. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's missing. I mean, if all I were going to ask you stuff, like what is the reason or what, what is, what motivates Tom Holland's Peter Parker? <laughs> I, I don't tell you. know. I cannot tell. I think maybe it's the only thing I can think of that motivates him is not wanting to fail Tony Stark. And even that in itself right. is just you're setting yourself up for failure if you're if that's your if that's your yeah, thinking. Being reliant on another character. Exactly. It's 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 all it is. Because dude, when you think about the second movie, Far From Home, the entire movie is based around Stark Tech. It's not based around Peter Parker. It's well, not, and it's, it's based really on what um tony did yeah to what tony did to uh the his employees and yeah, stuff and right formed this like shadow their shell organization there's actually and it's something to the worth pointing out for when we do our infinity war uh our infinity saga saturdays mm -hmm. when we get to this point and i'm gonna make sure to point it out to you again in civil war when we have that scene of in the very beginning of tony giving the presentation there's nothing it's dead quiet yeah it's different but when you watch it from the perspective of Beck, yeah, it's laughter. there's laughter, right? So like, that's just because it's Beck's mind. Like he's making fun of him, and that was Beck's project and all this other stuff. And right. Tony took the credit. But at the end of the day, that's what the whole premise of the Spider-Man Two movie is. Far from Home is about Barf and Stark Tech, and so yeah, it, it's just. The, the, the reason that the Tobey Maguire movies are so held like in such high regard is that it's his story. It's not, it's not, he's not writing the coattails of somebody else. He's yeah. not doing it for anyone else. It's literally all about his character and what he's going through, which is a lot. And I don't think that they even closely like quantify that in the Tom Holland stuff because yes, he's friends with Ned Yes, he has a crush on MJ, but there's real there's not really too many scenes where they're like in danger because of this. And where, they're not even he's like gotta save them. The way they portray the relationship is not Yeah. I mean Zendaya's a fine actor or actress, I'm, I'm sure, but like Let's not think her they're character in love. doesn't make me like go, Oh my god, if they are ever apart. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. Like there's true emotion coming out of Toby's scenes with um, Kirsten's MJ yeah. and though MJ's facial expressions are um, they leave a lot to be desired <laughs> um, I mean it, it's just it's so starkly different yeah. in the way that it's presented that it really it kind of sucks because it feels like we're missing something 
And I know people get annoyed and they're like, I don't want to play the origin story over and over and over, but that it's, is what drives Spider-Man. It is. It's always been what drives Spider-Man. And yeah. we're missing that moment and we can never get it back because it's too late. Um, and even now, if they did it in this movie, like if they gave us like a, a flashback, it, it would be like, why are you giving us this now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just basically trying to cover your tracks. It seems to I mean, me. Tony Stark is Uncle Ben in this. Tony franchise. Stark is Uncle Ben. That's right. So like, yeah, it, it one of the biggest things too that I think is uh, a pun intended stark contrast between these two Spider Men is that, like, there is such a weird thing about Toby. And and it's so awesome. Like the storytelling in this is so awesome that like he doesn't want anybody to know that he's Peter Parker. Same thing with Tom Holland. He doesn't want anything to anybody to know. Right. But how they handle this stuff is so drastically different. Like you, all that tension that you feel in the scenes where there's Spider Man and MJ, and then you get that payoff in Spider Man Two where she sees that it's Peter Parker, right. and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And he actually expresses his love stuff like that um but the idea of him embracing people knowing him as spider-man you know like that's that's just so cool to me like he's just like you know what yeah they have they have every right to feel the way that they want to about being in a relationship with me and understanding who i am and stuff like that uh Whereas the Tom Holland Spider-Man, as soon as there's consequences for the action, it's like, how do I bail out of this? How do I get out of this? There's such a, just a different attitude yeah. that is told through these stories. Like, Well, to that extent, um, MJ was like, you're Spider-Man. Yeah. That was the reveal. <laughs> and Tom was like surprised, but he was also like relieved. And like Toby's character would have been having a panic attack. Right. Because he cared so much about that identity and not putting somebody else in harm's way. And it, yeah, there's like, he played Peter with such a vulnerability um, that it wasn't like a comedic role. It was a, a lighthearted, like soft-spoken character. And then when he got into a Spider-Man mode, he was like, take force, take force take charge um mm. dominant personality but still with that touch of vulnerability that peter has as a person right and it's the know, perfect balance and tom's funny little quips are, are, are fine um within battle but it, it makes it seem like there's no difference between peter parker and and um spider-man when he like turns it on you know right and well, we know. haven't seen that. We've never seen him actually turn it on. Like full battle mode. Like full. It's full always on. he's always making jokes. Exactly. He's always. way too lighthearted at all times. Like even when we're faced with stuff like an end game. Yeah, like he's literally making real jokes danger. and stuff like with real danger going on, and it's yeah. like, What's your what name? are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It, like, it's tough. Yeah, and it, I I refuse to believe that it's the Disney thing, because we've seen darker moments in in Marvel movies recently, though. More recently. More recently. Yes. Right. They they have been much more willing to go there recently, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So um, maybe that's just the recency thing. It could be. Um, I just, I I hope they really, like, I don't know. Maybe part of it is Tom and just the way he portrays Spider-Man. But 
I think they need to just take a leap of faith and give him give him a death, maybe, um, or give him something that emotionally ties us more to his character because at the end of the day, let's be honest, Spider-Man matters by far the most in this franchise. Yeah. If we lose an MJ, we lose a Ned, we lose a Marissa Tomei, uh, Aunt May, Tomei, oh, May. Oh, Tomei, May. I never noticed there you that. Go. I never noticed like, that I'm not calling for somebody to, to die just to make it worth my while. What I'm saying is you've never really given me the reason to root um, for yeah. that to like continue. Like, yeah. the, the most emotional moment of the whole experience for me was when he hugged Ned after coming back. Yeah. Um, and you knew in that moment he was just emotional over Stark yeah. and the moment. And that vulnerability, we never see that with this character. And it's what, always jokes. And it's like, give me less comedy and more heart, and this would be fantastic. Yeah. And and what really makes me so upset about it, too, is that like I didn't even really feel anything for too much for Peter Parker. But at the end of Infinity War, dude, I was bawling like a baby because Tom Holland, and that's the most frustrating thing about this franchise right now, is that Tom Holland has the ability to do this. Like, he totally has the ability to spin this thing on its ear and, like, make it more dark and more emotional. Like, he has the range to do this. Like, and and they're just... They're, they're they're not doing it and and you like you said maybe it is disney maybe it's not you know and maybe it's just because we haven't had a spider-man movie in a while and like you said you know recently they're getting into more darker subjects with darker tones so maybe it's possible that in this movie we get something like that it's time yeah it, it's got to be time like i think there's no better time than now to do something like this because you're doing it in everywhere other sense you're doing it in black widow uh you're doing it in uh, Loki in some sense. Um, all over it, Falcon and Winter Soldier. All over Falcon and Winter Soldier. All over Hawkeye. Like you're getting into very darker subject matter and you're put it, painting it with a dark tone. So Black Widow had quite a bit of dark imagery. Yes, absolutely. So it's time. And there's and there's no better time than now, right? So, and it's Spider-Man. Yeah. You do it. That's the whole... That's, this is the people, guy. People forget this the most is that's the whole premise of what makes spider-man relatable is that he's just a kid dealing and with he's got to deal things with homework finals relationships with friends relationships with mj or gwen stacy at the same time he's facing death on a daily basis because he's spider-man and got to save the world so like there should be there should be these dark things going on within the life of Peter Parker because that's ex expected, you know? Like, there's dark stuff that goes on in a daily, in the daily life of a teenager regardless, let alone yeah. let that teenager be Spider-Man, you know? Leave the house and right. it's going to die. Right. Like, it, it's, it's crazy, man. Like, the fact that we really haven't had this is just, it's upsetting because, yeah. yeah, like I said, man. He so can, much potential there. Yeah, he can do it, man. Like, Tom Holland can do this. Like probably better than Garfield, probably better than McGuire. Like he, he can do that emotional side. So they just got to do it, man. And that's why I'm saying like. I hope you see it. 
I hope we see it in No Way Home, but I think that that's actually the best course after No Way Home is to do Venom yeah. and then to do Craven, because by the time you get to Craven the Hunter, then it's really on at that point. I need to feel something. So, yeah, exactly. And I, since they have this tri- this other trilogy, they might be able to kind of break break it back down to the basics to start, and then build his character um, even more. Uh, I I don't know. We'll we'll see what what they go with. Um, so turning from the the mood and the feeling mm-hmm. to the story, yeah, what we've seen so far <clears throat> of these trailers is basically, you know, you know this, the audience knows this, but to a short recap, he is exposed as Spider Man as Peter Parker, and requests Doctor Strange to change that because it's going to ruin his life, and we see that the spell. Um, you know, from the the trailer footage, he says it goes awry because you screwed it up pretty much, and because he wanted MJ and Ned to still remember him. So then we're faced with somehow Doc Ock comes back. We know Green Goblin's in there. We know Electro's in there. We know the Lizards in there, and we know Sandman's in there. So we have all these guys that have been brought from other realities, and then from the end of Venom, which we're we're past kind of spoilers for that for this movie because this is Spider-Man. Welcome to welcome to Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Venom in that movie shows what it may look like when somebody's pulled from their reality into a separate reality. So we kind of might have an insight of what the villains look like uh, as far as that goes. And it looked like basically nothing happened. It was almost like they were snapped in and out. They yeah. Just we're in a different spot. That was pretty cool though. <clears throat> Definitely. That was such a cool. Yeah. Scene. Um. It was. It was. It was very cool, and it might have given us a little bit of a sneak peek into into how these characters react. Uh, we saw in the trailer that Doc Ock sees something off with Peter. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there's a train <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in the desert. Yeah, and we know that uh, Peter is kind of arguing with Doctor Strange about this box. Um, I think a lot of people speculated that box might house like souls or or people or something like that. And uh, then we see kind of what looks like a final battle styled fight. I don't think it is the final battle, but it's kind of what it looks like um, between a lot of these characters that we just talked about. And aside from that, we don't have a lot more information. Yeah. So with that, all that said, have you been able to formulate any sort of plot after the 30 to 45 minutes of dealing with the immediate consequences that you were alluding to earlier? Yes. Um, yes and no. I would say that there's like a really good percentage chance that the stuff that we see in the trailer is kind of in different, it's in a different order than you may think it is. And what I mean by that is there's a part in the trailer where Doctor Strange is saying something like, I can't hold them back and more are coming in or something like that. And he's like real concerned about it. I think that's actually going to be like earlier in the movie, like maybe within an hour. And that these villains are going to pop up one by one. It's not going to be something where they're all at once convening on Peter Parker. It's just going to be one by one. Because I think we've already seen some parts of the trailer too, where it's like the lizard is attacking him on a subway, and uh, Sandman and Electro are like doing their thing. 
So I think that it's going to be like a one by one thing. And then potentially I think Electro is the bigger of the big bads. Uh, in the sense that he, or it's either him or Green Goblin, one of the two will kind of like formulate a plan for the villains to work together to take down Peter Parker and Dr. Strange, or maybe Dr. Strange has something to do with that too. Uh, but I, I, I don't see Doc Ock being a villain in this movie. I, I, I want to, but I just can't at the moment. Yeah, it'd be I more see fun. him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see him being as like a maybe a villain early on, but he changes and he's yeah. a hero and he helps. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at as far as like the actual plot plot <laughs> of the movie. Like it's kind of it's like draw it out of a hat. Who freaking yeah, knows? Because uh, it's easy to just say that oh well, the multiverse happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what that's what the plot of the movie is. But like maybe uh. Maybe we get something crazy. Maybe we get this idea. I would say bet on crazy. Uh, maybe we get this idea that like Peter has to, people have to embrace that Peter Parker is Spider Man. Like maybe he has to give them a reason to embrace that reason of him being Spider Man because that's something that we saw in the other Spider Man movies too. Right. Is that when it's revealed that Peter Parker is Spider Man, or he has his mask off in front of people, they embrace it. Like Gwen Stacy's dad hated Spider Man in the first movie. But they fight the lizard together, and then he sees that it's Peter Parker, and he's like, oh, you know, do what you got to do. We have, you have my full support. Just keep Gwen out of it, you know? And he does his best. And he does his best. And we see this in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, like when he's on the subway and they're carrying him out. He's got his mask off, and they're like, you know, we won't tell anybody, you know, because it's like they respect him. That was so important. It was. His identity. His identity is important. And, but it's, it's, the, it's just that idea that like, and that's one of the other things that kind of sets this, this like trilogy up like back compared to the others is that like Spider-Man represents like the heartbeat of New York in some sense. You don't have that in these movies at all. Like yeah, there's, New there's Yorkers could care less. It's residential in space. Right. <laughs> The, the New York could care less about Spider-Man at the moment as, as far as it goes in this like trilogy. And that was just not the case in the others. Yeah. It's kind so, of unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I think our best clue so far is Dr. Strange with that box and mm-hmm. talking about the way he speaks about the villains. It seems as though he's trying to collect them to send them back to their realities. That's, that's what my takeaway is. Yeah. So with that said, that gives you some structure of an outline mm-hmm. or outline of a structure, uh, give or take, whatever you like. And so to me, branching off from that, um, no pun intended there either, <laughs> it, it just seems like you'd build from there. And so Doctor Strange is going to spend the movie trying to get these villains back to their own worlds, not necessarily because he's trying to defeat them, but he's trying to make things right. And Peter is going to be, in a way, fighting against that. I don't know the reason why. I got a good one for you. Okay. And I'm going to pick up right where you're at. Sure. Uh, It would actually be a good reason for people to believe that Mephisto is in this movie. Because this could be Mephisto harvesting souls. And getting Peter Parker to help him in this case only benefits him. So... 
why not take advantage of the situation that you've created and where you've got all these villains of Spider-Man all of a sudden approaching and you need souls to harvest. Get Spider-Man to help you capture these fools and take their souls. Is Mephisto doing that through Doctor Strange? Yeah. Is, I would assume is that Dr. it's... Is Doctor Strange willingly... No. Um, like making there? a deal? <sighs> Oof. Now that... That's big. Um, He could potentially be making a deal to reset reality <sighs> back to normal. Maybe, but that kind of goes against everything. In a I way. know. But I would I'm say... I'm not saying it would work out. Right. I... I would say he's not made a deal with Mephisto in this scenario. Okay. I would say. Uh, Do you think he's of right Mephisto mind? As well, though, Doctor Strange, no. He just seems off. He did. He definitely seems way off. So it's uh, either that. And we've talked about this. Anytime yeah. anybody winks in the MCU, like that's well, an automatic. All sign his mannerisms are different. That like you're not. There. Everything's off. He's yeah. he's not normal. So there's really to me that leaves two things. He's either for the betterment of something we don't know about yet is doing bad things or two, somebody's controlling him. Yeah. So I don't know if he sees Scarlet Witch maybe as this really big deal that he has to now take some avenues he wouldn't otherwise to make things right. Um, or he maybe he sees himself as the only way to stop the Scarlet Witch and now he needs to usurp other people's powers to get powerful enough to take to take her down in which he's not seeing the error of his own ways or he's made a deal for the betterment of the world to hurt his own self uh, maybe he sold his soul to help everything i don't know you know there's a lot of avenues it's just not it's a narrow highway and in, in what exactly you know the genre he's going with yeah. as far as um deals he's making or things he's doing it's there is a a deal making process that you can draw from as far as comics go that you know i've referenced multiple times on this podcast and that's the hickman avengers run uh where dr strange needs to become more powerful than what he's at already and like basically kind of becomes like a god tier character because he makes a deal with dormammu who's actually in relevancy, he's still around in the MCU. He's just not able to do anything in this plane of existence in this universe. Like that's the deal that he and Doctor Strange made at the end of their in the the Doctor Strange movie. So Dormammu still exists, but I think that that's the premise of uh, of the Hickman run there. With as far as Doctor Strange is concerned, because he makes a deal with either Dormammu, Mephisto, somebody like that and uh, basically becomes like the dark arts version of Doctor Strange, which we've kind of seen in the What If series. Yeah, that was so cool. So, well, we already know. He has a working relationship with Dormammu. Dormammu. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, It could be an avenue that they go to. Uh, but as far as, as far as what we know, and I think that this could be a, a likely scenario, a very likely scenario, is that uh, something with Wanda. Like, because... She seems like... That's what's next. Yeah, that's exactly so what's next. Multiverse of Madness. He's stuff like, like that. look, I know you have your little bad guys here. Yeah. But I'm not as worried about that as the imposing threat out in that log cabin. Right. And you have to think of what we saw when we left off with her is that you you heard the kids crying. And From that is, where? yeah, that is a 
huge, huge part of, I think, what her driving force would be in that movie is that she's trying to save them. She's she trying to... embrace the dark arts. Yeah, and she embraced the dark arts to do it. So, man, like, you could actually be in this position where Doctor Strange does make a bargain because he knows what's coming on the other side. He does make a bargain, and that's what we're seeing. Maybe it's Mephisto taking over his body for the moment, and... Because, yeah, these are this is a spell. You have to think about this. This is a spell that Doctor Strange would not do. Never. Because this this messes with time. Unless he felt that was the only way to do, because he would never give up the time stone. He would never give up the time stone, right. But it was the only way. Yeah. And even then, he kind of broke his own laws to figure that out. But, yeah, this doing this spell so that where everybody doesn't know about Peter Parker and Spider-Man anymore. Like, that goes against his entire code. So it's obvious that this isn't Doctor Strange, unless there's something else pushing him to do so. And right. I I would have to say it's 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 it might be Wanda. I'd so. say that's the because we're we're almost forgetting that this is part two of a three part series, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, it's Spider Man, it's gonna be massive. But the cleanup duty is going to be multiverse of madness. And uh, you know, the initial start to this was WandaVision, Loki, and Tandem. And now we have Spider-Man with multiversal um, complications, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then Multiverse of Madness is going to be where supposedly that's where the multiverse is going to go, you know, explode into the storyline that we have between Doctor Strange and Wanda. Yeah. So sky's the limit for that and... I think I think that'll impact the strange that we do see in this in this Spider Man. So I I just can't wait. Yeah, me too. I'm really I'm, excited and I really want to see this thing. Yeah. And once I see it, I know I'm gonna wanna sit there and think about it for like a week and then I'm gonna see it again and see all the little things that I missed. Yeah. And then I'm gonna be like, Well now I wanna see WandaVision or uh Go back and watch the other stuff. Multiverse of Madness and, oh, and everything that, to come. Yeah. and Yeah. Oh, so it's going to be so fun. Here's something that we haven't even touched on yet. Uh, how many end credit scenes are we going to get? Are we going to get two? two. Are we going to get one? I'm going to say two as well. What's the most we've what? ever had? Three? Anybody get three? No, I think two Only is two. the most. But it's happened multiple times. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, okay. So what are they? What are they? Right. What are what are we are doing? Are we going here? one serious, one comedy, or do you think too serious? Or I think it's too serious. I don't think we're gonna have like a comedy throwaway in okay. the scene. I think it's too serious. So I think one would involve multiverse of madness. I yeah. think that's fair. Uh, yeah. One is gonna definitely include Wanda. I think the other one is gonna include in, include Venom. Oh, you think it's two Spider Man ones ish? Well, uh, Wanda wouldn't be technically a Spider Man. Yeah, one, you're right. right. You're so right. Uh, I think it would be Wanda and then uh Potential for two things. I think it would either be Venom or Shang-Chi. Because there is a relationship that Spider-Man and Shang-Chi have that hasn't even been addressed yet. And it would just be, it could be like one of those things where it's kind of maybe like the com- comedic style. You know, it's not so serious, but it's like this, it's serious and that's like, oh my gosh, they're actually having a relationship. Because it's like Shang-Chi teaches Spider-Man how to fight, <laughs> like fight better. At least, 
and uh that was like such a cool little part of the comics that you know i don't want to see like thrown away i want to yeah. see that happen i want to see spider-man become a a uh i'm trying to censor myself but i want to see spider-man become that guy you know beast. what i mean yeah beast so that could be something but i would lean towards venom yeah sure. i could see that what else is coming out next year uh, you got uh, Morbius, who's got a relationship there. You also have Vulture, whether or not he makes an appearance yeah. in this movie or not. What uh, What other Marvel movies are coming out though? Thor. Thor that um, wouldn't probably fit. You never. They used know, to man. do that. They used yeah. to do that all the time, where they just introduce the next movie. Yeah. But now they're just now it's kinda... there's so many movies. Uh, here's one that I'm just gonna throw out there because I throw it out there every single time we talk about in credits. This time it actually makes sense though. In a way, who made their first appearance in Spider-Man? Galactus. That was where he made his first appearance ever in the comics. It was through a Spider-Man comic. It wasn't through Fantastic Four or any of that. It was through Spider-Man. So I could easily happen, man, with where we're at right now after the Eternals, yeah, going the into Eternals Thor, all this other stuff going on. Uh who was being contacted in that with the rings from Shang Chi stuff like that, like potentially Ant Man too. Potentially Ant Man for sure. Credit for sure. Something with Kang maybe. Something something so. multiversal something. Or or Kingpin. Yeah, that's kind of the low hanging fruit. That yeah, that is the low hanging fruit. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess there could be that like. Some kind of okay, all is well at the end, and then Kingpin kind of comes in and says, "Well, not says, but like his mood and his tone is, it's just begun for you. Like the hell is is remaining. Yeah, for Spider Man in this city, and that's awesome hell because Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There we go. Um, there's the end credit scene, right? Yeah, there. I mean, I could see it. I could see Venom. There's usually one that's related to the movie, and then one that's related to the future of the MCU. Mm-hmm. If there's two, um, that's true because we had that with Eternals. We just came off a movie with two end credit scenes, and one was. I don't uh, even remember one of them. One was with the. It has the correlation to the movie, like you said, and then one is like the future. Yeah, but which one? What one was that? What one was what? The movie one. The movie one was, uh, I mean, an Eros. That's I, that's the future one to me. Well, it, he has direct contact at the moment with. Yeah, Dina, yeah, the, actually in there. So it's like actually tied into that movie because they're off yes. doing their own thing. So but what was the other in. one? The other one was uh, Whitman and the Blade and potentially Blade. That's the definitely future unrelated so to the movie. Okay. Exactly, exactly. They both. Okay, so. That one, both of them really didn't have a whole lot to do with the movie, but both, or one of them took place in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they were both very future-centric, and they didn't used to really do that. Usually you'd get, usually, I don't know if we've ever had two serious ones, like serious future, like yeah. set the scene. Usually it's like one comedy thing, and then, or usually the comedy one's at the very end, but... I don't know. I think they like people leaving the theater with like a sense of funny instead of like, oh my God, what just happened, which is the reason they didn't give us one in Infinity War. Right. I think it's possible that we get a, uh, I think it's possible we get two serious ones. 
because I mean we're talking about a movie going into another movie that has big implications towards the rest of the franchise. Yeah. So I think that it's important to once again and this is just me but you know capitalizing on what you've got, you know. There's going to be more people going to this movie than in a long time. Yeah. So you got to make these people I've talked with people here recently that and about the Marvel movies and a lot of these people they're they're more casual fans but at the same time they kind of know a little bit, you know, and all of them kind of say the same thing. They're like I don't think that this is going to get any better than what it was because right. they're so caught up with Iron Man and Captain America and all that stuff and they're just like I don't see it getting any better than that. So with this many people coming to see a Spider-Man movie because everybody's amped up about this and so I think you have to have these people leaving the theater wanting what's next, like really, truly desiring what's next. And for us, it's easy because we're already excited for the next few movies. I'm more excited about the Thor movie than I am this movie. So, yeah, it's easy for us to be, but for other people, too, I think it's important to kind of capitalize on what you've got. So I think this movie is going to get so many people to tell their friends to go see it. Yeah. I think this one is going to be one of those where second weekend, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, I have to see this because what I've heard and what people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that's going to be that it's going to have a lot of people's favorite Spider-Man in it. <laughs> I, I really do. Yeah. Um, at this point, it, w- it just seems like it would be an absolute joke on Kevin Feige he always says this person's not in this or this is not happening. And now that like everybody thinks they're in it, you're not going to say anything. I just, I can't buy it. Um, <laughs> like I said, I won't be disappointed cause I'm not expecting more than a cameo, but it would really be a nice fulfilling moment to see them. Um, but we'll see. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think part of the allure of this movie is that we have so much going um, for us as far as memories and nostalgia and at the very least we're going to see some awesome villains from our childhood and that's just not normal this is this is a series a franchise that allows you those moments because of how much leeway they have nobody tells kevin feige what to do not anymore nope and so he does as he pleases and whatever he wants to do it, it is done so we'll get probably more of this moving forward as it's like seeing alumni from your university. Like the more great, great movies you make and the more spectacular moments you have, the more payoffs you can have down the line. And, you know, a Tony Stark appearance becomes so much more valuable when you don't think you're going to see him. And yeah, um, all these characters that we, we grew to love Same they get the more X-Men. expensive. <laughs> um, yeah. And so they're harder to get. But once they come back, you're like, oh, my God, that how cool is that? And I hope we realize, like everybody that's going to see this thing, you may never, ever get a movie like this again. Right. You may never get a 20-year payoff from a previous franchise made by a different company. The only... Can you imagine? The only thing I could compare this to, potentially, and this is, like, we've already discussed this. I, I'm i going into this movie with the idea that there is a, like, negative 20% chance that we even see Andrew Garfield or... Tubby Maguire. That's just me. But that's how I'm going into this movie because I don't think it's going to happen. If it happens, I'm going to cry harder than I've ever cried in any movie. (laughs) 
ever. But it, I, I'm not expecting it at all in the slightest. Uh, not even a cameo. Not even like a, a, a shot of one of them in their suits without their with like with their mask on, where you, it's not even them. You know, I, I don't expect it. Um, uh, the only thing I could compare this to potentially down the line is if we got an X-Men movie and they just happen to have a, you know, James Marsden cameo of Cyclops, you know, that's the only thing. But even then that's going to be years from now. And all of those, all that cast is going to be incredibly old compared to where they were. It's going to be incredibly hard to kind of like try to de-age them or whatever you're doing in post-production. I mean, we've seen it with Luke Skywalker and that looked pretty bad, but the only thing I can compare it yeah. to is the new Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Where you get all these old characters, yeah. their ultimate payoff. But the problem with that is it's very hard to argue that these new ones were better than the old ones. Whereas like Marvel now is in such a better spot than it was yeah. when Spider-Man was coming out. Though they were great movies, the quality of movie being produced every single year now by Marvel is really unreal. Yeah. So the it was almost like Star Wars that kind of needed those old faces they to did. bring excitement to the new generation. They did. Whereas Spider-Man, you know, for all of his warts in this series so far, I've I've said it from the beginning and I still do now, I think Tom is going to be a spectacular Spider-Man long term. I, I love this series so far. I just need that payoff. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping it's on the way. And whether Tony, Toby or, or Andrew or everybody is there or not, it won't impact the quality of the movie to me. No. It's just a really cool moment. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping regardless of what happens in this movie, everybody leaves with a piece of it that they enjoyed. And they're giving you the opportunity to not only enjoy a fun movie, but also see things that you don't normally see, kind of like Endgame did for a lot of us, where technically Endgame's probably the mo- not the most sound movie that they've um, made in Marvel, but there were so many moments where you just go, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow, I forgot about that. That's, that's really awesome. That I think you're going to get more than a few of those in this film, and it's just going to be a blast. I would say to everybody that's planning on seeing it, just chill out, watch the movie. If you love it, you love it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Regardless, we're paying 10 to 15 bucks to experience something that we never thought we'd have the chance to. Yeah. So take it in while, it, while it's happening. And if we never get it again, we don't. If we get it in the next one, let's not become spoiled and expect it every time. <laughs> but this is going to be a fun movie. You know, drive safe, get there Man. so you can watch it. Right. Uh, don't do anything, anything stupid between now and when you do see it. And just have a blast, man. If you're going to see the movie and you never spend money on concessions because you're always thinking about the extra three, four bucks, go get that soda this time. You Like, have fun. This one is supposed to be a spectacle as much as it is a technically sound movie. Mm-hmm. I think that sums up everything right there. That was, yeah, absolutely. Uh one thing I had kind of, you know, to be my like final thoughts, I suppose, would be <laughs> the, uh, you know, what if, you know, we do get an end credit scene that's kind of lighthearted and maybe we don't get Toby and Andrew in the movie, but we get them in the end credit scene and we get that like meme come to life 
of them pointing at each one? other. Yeah. Where they're eating them, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like pointing at each funny. other, all three of them, like, wait, I'm Spider-Man. No, I'm Spider-Man. Like, that would be pretty cool. And then and then Miles comes in. Yeah. That's the introduction. That would be hilarious. Like, they're all pointing at each other, and they're yeah. just being, they're just kidding around, and then Miles pops up. <laughs> That'd be wait, amazing. you guys are Spider-Man? <laughs> right. So yeah. this is the last time we will publicly speak about this movie before it comes out. Is there any last second prediction you want to throw out there just for 60 years from now? You can look back and go, no, I swear <laughs> I was I, I had it first. Oh. Anything out there that you want to throw out? What's 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 the oh, big prediction man. here? <sighs> it's a ten foot prediction. This is crazy. I I can't even think of like something crazy to throw out there. Uh, I uh, I'm going to say okay. We're gonna get Tom. We're gonna get Toby. We're gonna get Andrew. We're gonna get Emma. And we're gonna get Kirsten. Oh, I think wow. they're all coming. That would be awesome. I, dude, yeah, that, that would be prediction. so cool. Uh, um, I guess December twelfth or thirteenth, one of the two, <laughs> or fourteenth. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess my prediction would be the opposite of that. I guess that's I don't not know. fun. Give I, me a fun I, prediction. Come on, there's got to be something there. Well, I mean, it's I not said I, I did say this to you, and you were shocked by it. Go for it. When I was like that, when I told you that I didn't think that they were going to pop up in the movie, yeah. you were like, no, no I think that's chance. a much bolder prediction that none of them appear than if I were to say all of them appear. Yeah. Just because the circumstances uh, seem to be all pointing towards it. But as far as like, is super... there some kind of fun thing that you, even if you're not 100% sure, you just really would like it to happen? Mephisto. Okay. Yeah. Low hanging fruit, but Mephisto and Matt I, Murdock. Yeah. Murdock, I would say Murdock is, is a very likely character to like, appear if we're getting some outside interference i don't think mephisto's low-hanging fruit i think he's a meme at this point um, <laughs> yeah and he very well could be on his way it's just that like everybody's pointing at it they might be holding that character yeah. for like 10 years because they know we won't shut up about it yeah so yeah. they can get that ultimate payoff or something but yeah that's that's good enough for me mephisto would be a blast if we get all the above then well Oh my we're gonna be gosh! Out of that you imagine with the inability to shuffle our feet. Just imagine that for a moment. You get Kirsten, uh, Emma Stone, Andrew, Toby, but you also get Mephisto and Matt Murdock and Miles and pops Kingpin. Up. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know. We make it none, you know, we, and it's okay. Yeah. This is a Spider-Man movie. It's yeah. not. It's not Spider-Man and friends, right? Um, you know, Peter Porker and Spider-Ham. <laughs> None of them have to be in here. So right. um, thank you, everybody, for joining us in, in this final episode before Spider-Man comes out. We will be releasing our, our review shortly after we see the movie. So we're going to see it Thursday, which is tomorrow as of now. And then we will be recording the review on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we will have enough time to discuss it on the ride back. Um, but we'll hold off on the debates and the arguments because we'll save that for for the actual uh, podcast. Maybe we'll listen to some music and distract ourselves. <laughs> Sleep on it. And then then you the beautiful thing about watching it the first night is you can go on Google the next day and oh, be completely yes. unafraid and just read other people's opinions. Yep. Um, just because it's exciting. Yeah. Not because you're looking for information. So mm-hmm. I can't wait, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this, uh, this journey. 
that we've gone from, you know, six people listening to an episode to three to four hundred an episode has been really cool. That's insane. And uh, Spider-Man should give us a nice little audience that may never have heard us before. And just know that we are here to have fun, talk about these characters that we enjoy or don't enjoy, depending on what it is. We're just trying to learn alongside you guys and have fun. So uh, if you guys go out and see Spider-Man, like I said before, be safe, be smart, get to that theater. Yep. You don't want any mishaps before you have to see We don't need nope. to spend the night in the hospital. Right. No. All that crazy stuff. No and, fighting. Um, and if you get a chance and you haven't gotten your tickets yet, go back and watch some of those previous Spider-Man movies. You'll notice some things you missed back in the day, and it just creates a fun little uh, environment before you get to go see the new one. So. Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you soon. And the next time you hear from us, we will be on the other side of this reality. Yes. Peace. Peace. Peace.